there's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Hi, I'm Wendy Zuckerman, and you're listening to Science Versus from Gimlet. On today's episode, we're diving into a decades-long conspiracy theory involving the CIA and a deadly virus. And I first learned about it from my friend Dan Guimet. Everything is sounding good. It's blah, blah, blah. It's working, working. So Dan is in podcasting, and he was working with a colleague, Rebecca Ibarra, on this podcast called Scattered. A lot of the show had to do with Cuban history. And over the course of just doing the research of the show, we kept hearing about this crazy event that kept happening uh, to people in Cuba. It goes back to Cuba in 1971. And Dan knew the perfect person to tell me about what happened. Virgil Suarez. Uh, I don't know exactly what you need from me, but Dan mentioned the story and suddenly I, I felt the need to talk. This is Virgil. He's a poet and English professor at Florida State University. And he grew up in Havana in the 1960s. Virgil told me that his childhood was pretty idyllic. He has these memories of playing baseball down the street and picking mangoes off trees. Even though I had an idyllic childhood, there were also all these weird things that would happen. It was an uncertain time in Cuba. Fidel Castro and his guerrilla army had toppled the latest in a line of dictators. And Castro was trying to build a communist nation. He'd taken over private businesses and started rationing food. And while little Virgil didn't know exactly what was going on, he knew that the adults in his life were nervous. I had memories of my parents leading these uh, very secreted lives. And so I remember late night visits from friends and they would sit in the dark by candlelight. And as a child, I would walk into a conversation and then I would recognize that they would be hushed and or uh, the subject matter would be briefly changed, right? So there was a lot of hush talking, a lot of whispering going on. And one day, he started hearing whispers about something really strange. The family pigs. And this is the reason that Dan told me that I should call up Virgil in the first place. It's where this crazy event that he was talking about begins. So Virgil's family, like a lot of others in Cuba at the time, raised animals like pigs for food. And Virgil, he liked having these pigs around. These are spotted pigs, white and blonde and brown, or they would have a patch, like half of their face would be black and the other half would be white. And people started to hear that the government was coming for these pigs. Neighbors are alerting neighbors over the back fence, right, saying, hey, uh, they say that they're going to come and confiscate our animals. It wasn't long after that men from the army did show up, knocking on doors, and demanding that people hand over their pigs. They were saying that some kind of virus had been infecting a bunch of them. There's an epidemic. You must give up your animals. Uh, We are taking them with us. And then they did go house by house, herding all these animals, uh, kind of like walking down the street, like almost in parade form, uh, to the corner. 
On the corner of the street, the army had built this huge fire. Virgil remembers seeing the soldiers club the pigs and then throw them into the flames. So there were just a lot of crazy sounds, smells that you can imagine, popping and crackling and a lot of squealing and a lot of, just a, a lot of horrible sound, right? It was pandemonium. I mean, there was just a lot of people screaming, people fighting with these guys. As a kid, what, so what was your understanding of why this was happening? I initially thought it was some sort of crazy move by the government. I mean, but we didn't know why. It was like taking food away from people and then just destroying it. Official documents from Cuba show that every privately owned pig in Virgil's province was destroyed. And all around the country, pigs were getting killed by the government. In total, more than 400,000 pigs were killed. That was more than a quarter of all the pigs in Cuba at the time. And that made people angry. Many Cubans didn't believe there was a virus at all. Some thought Castro just killed the pigs to terrorize and control the people. And from then on, it really, things changed, right? People became much more fearful. Like, for example, shortly after that, my parents decided that they were going to leave Cuba. Uh, We need to get the heck out. Virgil and his parents fled Cuba soon after. But what Virgil's family didn't know at the time was that the epidemic that the soldiers were talking about, it was real. Cuban scientists had detected that a virus was killing pigs. And so to stop the spread, they burned pigs in virus hotspots. And it worked. Cuba controlled the outbreak. But having to kill so many pigs, it was devastating. And soon, people started asking questions about where this mysterious virus came from. They got into Cuba and all of a sudden started killing their pigs. Cuba was pretty isolated at the time. And this virus had never been in the country before. In fact, it had never been anywhere near the region before. So how did it get into Cuba in the first place? An idea took hold. People started saying that this virus was intentionally released into the country by one of the most powerful governments in the world, the United States. So did they do it? And amid the coronavirus pandemic, all this feels really familiar, right? A virus outbreak, a conspiracy theory about where it came from. But when I did what any hard-nosed podcaster would do and Googled this Cuba thing, right away I found a newspaper article written in 1977 where the journalist said they had pretty solid evidence that the U.S. really was behind this. I tracked down one of the authors. I was in my uh, mid-30s, and I was uh, (laughs) at the peak of my powers (laughs) then. This is Drew Featherston. He was working at Newsday, a newspaper out of Long Island at the time. And Drew was one half of a team that did a lot of this kind of reporting. The other half was a reporter named John Cummings, who died a few years ago. My my particular genius at the time was being able to get along with John. John was a pretty difficult guy, uh, but he was uh, an honest and, uh, you know, very straightforward reporter. Drew and John had just gotten a lot of attention for a scoop they had. They'd worked out 
that back in the 1950s, the US Army had released a bacteria into the air in San Francisco to see how far it would spread. They were testing how vulnerable the US was to biological warfare. The Army thought the bacteria was harmless, but it got into a hospital and someone died. And the Army actually confirmed it. I do remember being shocked when the Army called me back and said, yes, we did that. So Drew and John decided to keep chasing this biological warfare beat. See what else the U.S. government was up to. We were kind of just getting started, and, and we were just casting around. John Cummings starts calling around. Just blindly. Was- and he gets a hot tip that something fishy had happened at this U.S. Army base called Fort Gulick, which is around Panama. And right away, somebody said to him, oh, yeah, Gulick, that's where the uh, African swine fever virus came from. African swine fever. The contact went on, saying it was the CIA that had plotted to take the virus from the army base and release it into Cuba. Cummings had been on the phone for a while, and he hung up and turned around, and he said, I think I got something here. Neither of them knew anything about African swine fever. So Drew runs over to a local library and pulls out a bunch of medical journals. He starts reading about the African swine fever outbreak in Cuba in 1971. And he said, something definitely felt weird about this. Because it was uh, so anomalous. <laughs> it, it was in Africa. It had, there had been cases, I think, in Portugal and maybe Spain. And then all of a sudden, bingo, it's in, in Cuba and they had to slaughter a half a million hogs. And the idea that the CIA might have done this, it wasn't shocking to Drew or John. Cuba and the U.S. weren't exactly good mates. It seemed like the U.S. was constantly trying to mess with Cuba in these sneaky ways. Like in the 1960s, the CIA trained an army of Cuban exiles to try to overthrow Castro's government. This is known as the Bay of Pigs. It was a huge failure. And since then, it was like the CIA couldn't keep their paws out of the country. They kept trying to assassinate Fidel Castro. And now, John and Drew were hearing that they'd released this virus. African swine fever into the country. And going after the piggies, it would make sense. Because at the time, Cuba was really trying to ramp up its pork production. And that's the moment when the virus hit. So, African swine fever. That was the disease running rampant in Cuba. It was the reason that officials killed Virgil's pigs. So what do we know about this weird virus? And can you actually intentionally release it? I read everything I can lay my hands on about African swine fever. This is Professor Mary Louise Penrith. Actually, her official title is Extraordinary Professor. She works at the University of Pretoria in South Africa, and she studied African swine fever for decades. And Mary Louise told me that this virus is not dangerous for people. It doesn't even make us sick. But for pigs... It's really nasty. It is very dangerous for pigs. It, it is, as if a pig gets it, it's got a, an extremely good chance of dying. More than 95% of pigs that get infected die. And Mary Louise says that when a pig does get infected, it can get real ugly. The pig just gets very ill. It can't get up. It bleeds from all its orifices and, and it it dies. So did you say they, they bleed from their orifices? Yeah, well, they're, they're, everything's bleeding. They're bleeding in the gut and all the organs are bleeding. 
They can actually drown in their own fluids. It's a horrid way to go. And so the Cuban authorities at the time killed thousands of pigs to, to stop the outbreak. Did they, did they have to do that? Yeah. It is the traditional way to deal with an outbreak is to cull all the pigs and dispose of them safely. Even today, to get rid of this, farmers often have to kill a lot of pigs because there's no treatment and no vaccine. And even after the pigs are dead, this virus is still a threat. And that's because African swine fever is weirdly hardy. Like a vial of infected blood can be infectious for years. Which is why it made sense for Cuba to burn the pigs' bodies so they could kill the virus good and proper. So if you're picking a disease to take out a bunch of pigs and mess up a pork industry, this virus, it's a pretty good one to go for. So I asked Mary Louise, how would you intentionally spread this? And she was like, well, since the virus can linger on, say, infected meat for ages, if you want to start an outbreak... Well, the way, obviously, to go about it would get yourself a load of infected pork and go and dump it on a landfill where you knew pigs grazed. That's the obvious, simple way to do it. Yeah, you could serve up some infected pork to some local pigs and hope they munch it up. And while pigs don't love eating pork, Mary Louise actually said they were reluctant cannibals, she said if pigs are hungry enough, they'll do it. And once you have one infected pig, this virus can also spread through piggy coughs and sneezes, which means it could move fairly easily from pig to pig to pig. So it is plausible that someone snuck some infected pork into Cuba and started this whole outbreak. But Mary Louise was just talking generally here. She's not pointing fingers at the CIA. But some people are. So did the CIA do this? So if you want to keep unravelling the mystery, head over to our main feed at Science Versus. Just search for Science VS in Spotify and click on Did the CIA Plant a Virus in Cuba? Just skip about halfway to get to where we left off. And let me tell you, things get very, very weird. I mean, what kind of person was that? What kind of monster? What kind of Frankenstein? Only a terrorist who's suicidal and doesn't care about consequences would, you know, wage a biological warfare campaign. That's all over at Science Versus. I'm Wendy Zuckerman. Back to you next time.